Hello, I'm David Adams, and this is Retire While You Work. Thanks for listening, as always. On these episodes, we discuss the importance of experiences and memories over things and stuff, and we challenge the broken concept of retirement in this country. And as a wealth manager for going on 20 years, I've literally seen thousands of financial plans and situations and love to help people figure out the right balance between spending their time and money. So here we go. Hello and welcome to Retire While You Work. I'm David Adams, and this week I want to talk about uh, another question that I get quite a bit from clients here in our office in 12 South here in Nashville, and that is, David, what are some good alternatives to putting all of my money in the stock market? Fair question. As a financial planner, um, well, let me say this. Most financial planners primarily leverage the stock market to build investment portfolios, and there's nothing wrong with that. After all, it's how they, or I'll say we, get paid, right? But it's also true that good financial planners usually recognize when a client is timid or skeptical of the stock market. So by adding layers to financial plans, financial planners like myself can help to alleviate these concerns. Let me also say this about all of the different alternative investments out there. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Whether it's gold, cryptocurrency, annuities, real estate, all investment opportunities have a fair share of their own risk that must be considered. No surprise there. But I'm not just going to talk about Bitcoin. It's about being careful with investing in short-term trends and fads. And it's also about learning how to participate in these risky opportunities, such as Bitcoin and well-known assets like gold or real estate if you had the appetite. Now, I love risk and swinging for the fences at the right time. Even more than that, I love hitting, you know, for a baseball analogy, hitting singles and doubles all day long when it comes to investing my clients and my own personal money. But please remember this saying that I learned my first year in the business. There is no free lunch on Wall Street. And that's true, unless, well, unless you attend a financial planner's free lunch. But even that isn't free because they're going to end up uh, eating up all of your time and trying to sell you something, and time is money, right? Or harass you for a meeting, or put you in some high-fee product that you don't need. Hopefully not, but it does happen. Uh, Making you pay back that lunch more and more over time. So anyway, no free lunch on Wall Street. My point is, every single financial decision has a trade-off, usually involving risk. Um, Looking for a risk-free return? Well, there's always that 1% savings at the bank, and probably not going to cut it, you're going to say, right? Which means you'll probably tell me the same thing I've heard for the past 15 years. David, I just want to grow my money each year and never see it go down, but I need much better than 1% rate that the bank's offering. You and me both, right? That's what we all want. Again, there's no free lunch on Wall Street, period. By the time we typically hear about some amazing, can't-lose investment opportunity, it's usually time to run. I remember driving around Franklin, Tennessee in 2008 and 9 when the market was near its stock market was near its bottom, seeing people dressed in these gold costumes, spinning dollar signs and arrows pointing to the cash for gold store down the block. In times of stock market turmoil, uh, the number of late night infomercials prodding people to buy the, the gold, um, those things skyrocket. They're all over the place because gold is typically a fear-based investment. It's easy to appeal to uh, inexperienced investors who are losing money in their retirement accounts by making them believe that gold is now the safe investment or the next best thing to the dollar. It's not that gold is or isn't a bad investment, but over time, by building a solid diversified portfolio, people have historically done better than just owning gold alone. 
Also, gold has had some extreme ups and drastic crashes, far too volatile for investment in my opinion, and it's, and it's uh, really only good if you have play money. If you've built all three of your buckets that I talk about and you have a great financial plan, hopefully a great financial planner, <clears throat> and enjoy the sense of stability gold brings or the feeling of owning a precious metal, by all means, buy some. That's fine. The key here is to view this as more of a hobby or a collectible, not as part of your income stream for retiring while you work. Retire while you work. I love that saying. Um, I've attended seminars where speakers would try and convince the audience over that free dinner, of course. Remember, there's nothing free on Wall Street. Uh, trying to convince the audience that gold is the thing to own when the economy melts and the dollar loses value. I remember thinking, well, if the entire economy implodes, every McDonald's and Walmart closes and the dollar is worthless, the last thing I want to own is a block of gold. If that's If it's that bad out there, you're probably better off owning Bottled water, ammunition, cans of beans, I don't know, unless you plan on hitting someone over the head with a bar of gold to get food or water. I'll digress. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong and that's fine. The point is to help you see things through a different lens when you evaluate these fads or trends. When you see something like cryptocurrency come out selling for less than a penny and then it goes up to $11,000 a coin with most people, including yours truly, not even fully understanding how they work, you should probably consider making these investments with your play money, not as part of uh, your main three buckets of the wealth plan that we like to build here at David Adams Wealth Group. Now, I've had clients ask me to buy Bitcoin, for example, and we can't help them because it doesn't, at least currently, it doesn't trade on a registered exchange and it's not regulated. This type of investment violates one of my principles of building a financial plan which is that anything we buy in your portfolio must be publicly traded, regulated, and be able to sell at the click of a button. I've advised clients that if they have the appetite to play the game, then by all means, I'm their biggest cheerleader. I'll go through their three buckets to advise them on how much they can afford to lose if things go sour and make sure they never have to worry about tacking on more years before they can retire. Here's the last point I want to make on this topic. If you speculate on a trendy investment, be sure to pull out your initial investment once you hit your target profit. For example, say you decide to put 10 grand in some trendy industry that's making headlines and billions of dollars in profits. Before you pull the trigger, speak with your advisor and ask them to hold you accountable. Say you're lucky enough to double your money, make sure they hold you to pulling out your initial 10 grand and then maybe have you put it into one of your three buckets. Then if you still want to play in the game, at least you're playing with the house money. It's like playing blackjack and putting 100 bucks, winning a hundred bucks, putting the hundred back in your pocket and playing with the profits. Later, if that money crashes and burns, at least you can take comfort knowing you didn't lose your principal. On the other hand, if that money explodes to half of, you know, $500,000, great. You've hit a home run and you can use it to kickstart that dream business, travel more or help a friend or family member in need or create other bucket list experiences. I tell my clients to never own more than 5% of their portfolio in any one stock or investment theme. And yes, trying to get someone who has 80% of their bucket three 401k money and their company stock to rethink that distribution can be the hardest fight to win for a financial planner. Oh my goodness. But there's a reason behind these philosophies to help you manage risk and to keep you on path to retiring while you work. Now, Another kind of subset question I get along the same lines is, should I buy investment properties for passive income? 
of all the non-stock market investments out there, I love this strategy if you can afford it and only after you've built the foundation in your three buckets. Buying investment real estate fits into bucket two typically. Now there are ways to own real estate inside your IRAs in bucket three, but that's a whole different set of considerations we can discuss another day, another podcast. <clears throat> the idea of passive income, or, or as people call it, mailbox money, is very powerful. We work with a lot of songwriters who are fortunate enough to get these kind of checks from their songs being played on the radio or streamed nowadays on mobile devices. Also, many of our clients have a diversified section in bucket two for several rental homes which provide, um, that provide them with a positive net cash flow and help them pay down mortgages on these properties. Passive income gives us the luxury to dabble in other areas, have sad projects and passions, and best of all, retire while you work. Have you heard me say that before? Retire while you work. I love it. Now, assuming you have three to six months worth of emergency funds in your bucket one, I'd suggest you save enough in this bucket for a 25% down payment on the property you have your eyes on. Before doing this, I'd also like to advise having an amount at least equal to the amount of real estate you plan on purchasing available in your bucket two portfolio. Meaning, if you're looking to buy a $250,000 rental house and you put 25% down, what's that? It's, uh, 60, 62,500 down. It would be ideal to have close to 250,000 in your bucket two portfolio investment account. That way, you have a nice balance between liquid, which is your investment stock portfolio, <clears throat> and non-liquid real estate assets. It's very important to have that portfolio in case there's a situation where you need to get rid of the property, you have a major repair, or spend an extended period trying to find a tenant with a vacancy. While the exact balance of real estate to cash and investment portfolio in the stock market is certainly subjective, these are benchmarks that have worked in the past for hundreds of clients I've seen in the last 15 years. Start with the foundation of a good financial plan and a healthy balance sheet by building your three buckets before you venture into passive income like real estate. It's also absolutely fine to not want to complicate life by managing properties. Trust me, I've been there. I've also had some good ones though. Headaches, unexpected repairs, periods of vacancy, and bad renters are inevitable. But you still can earn passive income from rentals by sacrificing some of your profits and hiring a good property manager so you're not bothered with the stress of tenants and repairs. There are pros and cons to each approach, like anything else. In life, and these are simply trade-offs you can make depending on how you want to spend your time and live your best retire-while-you-work life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I hope that helps. So that's it for this week's podcast. Just wanted to go over real estate and some good alternatives to putting some of your money or not having to put all your money in the stock market and also uh, going back to that saying, remember what it was, there is no free lunch on Wall Street. So... I will talk to you here soon. Thanks for listening to Retire While You Work. Be sure to pick up a copy of my book, The Currency of Time, A Three-Bucket Approach to Live Now and Retire While You Work. It's available on Amazon, and uh, I hope you enjoy that. Talk to you soon. Thank you. And now some friendly disclaimers to make my compliance department at Raymond James happy. Here we go. Any opinions are those of myself, David Adams, and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information contained in these podcasts do not purport to be a complete description of the securities markets or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. 
Every investor situation is unique and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Any hypothetical examples are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary. Raymond James does not provide legal or tax services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. (sighs) There you go. Thank you for listening today to Retire While You Work. I'm David Adams and hope you'll continue to listen as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money.